I'm glad you guys are here, and uh, we, we, we're, you know we're officially in the Christmas season when, you know, people are like scrambling at stores the Friday after Thanksgiving, and then Christmas music is beginning to play on the radio, that's why I don't listen to the radio during the month of December, um, unless it's Christmas trap music, and that, that's why there's a couple trap songs on the pre-service thing, but... We're in this season where it seems like most people have a lot of hope. Would you agree? Or at least it's pretend hope. But either way, this is a season where, where there are some hopeful expectations of something better. Or, or maybe, maybe it's something new for you. Or, and in, and, or maybe like you're, you're praying that this is the year that Uncle James, I'm changing names up, Uncle James doesn't like be weird at the Christmas dinner. Or this is the year that they may actually show up. Or maybe this is the first year because somebody in the family has been gone for a long time and this is the first year in a long time that that family member you know is going to be there. And like you're, you're, you have this, this hopeful expectation like this is the year where everything's being brought together. And what we talked about the last few weeks is how, how, yes, we're in this Advent series, but it's not really, yeah, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but it's really a shadow of what we're really celebrating. And that is the faithfulness of God to his promises in the first Advent, where Jesus would come and, and, and die for our sins, take away the sins, uh, sins we have, those, those, those things that held us in bondage. When we're actually, what we're actually celebrating is the second Advent, when Jesus will return and make all things right again. All everything that's gone wrong in this world, he's coming back to make right, and it's going to happen. And we can trust that. We can have, that's why we celebrate Christmas. Because of his faithfulness in the past, we're looking back, we're reaching back to what, to his faithfulness in, in the future while we're looking forward, stretching ourselves forward to the second advent. That's why we said this is what hope is. Hope is love stretching itself toward the future. Hope is love stretching itself toward the future. We have this future hope that he's going to make all things right. It's love. Hope is love stretching itself toward the future. It's the kind of hope that affects and changes our current state, right? It changes, it changes our worldview and our outlook, or at least it should. Like maybe, like maybe you're praying for, for, like you're praying for something right now. Like you're, it's this, it, what you're praying for that is hope. That's hope stretching itself toward the future. You're praying for something, something to happen in the future. That's your hope, your love stretching itself. Praying, maybe you're praying for a move of God. Praying, maybe for some of us in this room, we're praying to finally have that breakthrough. We're praying to have that that breakthrough. And I believe this morning what you need to know is this. And it's the title of the sermon for today. It's Stand By for the Breakthrough. Stand by for the breakthrough. But standing by is kind of hard sometimes, right? Especially, when, especially for guys, because we, 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 we're not very patient, are we, Brian? Like, we want, we want it, and we want it now. We want it finished now. We want it, like, it's like, I've ordered us some new lights for the new year, and I'm, like, waiting with anticipation to get them. Like, I've showed 13 videos, or the same video this morning to 13 different people. It's ridiculous, but, like, we, standing by part's hard. But I'm here to tell you this morning, like, we've got to stand by for our breakthrough. And here's, here's what I mean. I'll give you an example. For 430 years, the people of God were in bondage to slavery, to Pharaoh 
in the, in the Egyptians. 430 years of hopeful expectation that the one true God would rescue them from this bondage. 400, can you imagine waiting for something for 430 years? That's a lot of generations there, right? For generations, they, they would hear stories of God's faithfulness to his people, his mighty works, his power. But through the generations, although they heard the stories, they forgot the power that they had in the Father, and they forgot the power that they had in themselves as the children of God. For 430 years, they were captive, yes, by the Egyptians, but by their own mind. Because they forgot who they were. For 430 years. And then all of a sudden. A movement begins to happen. God started, started showing up and showing off. When Moses rode onto the scene. Proclaiming the message. Let God's people go. Right now as the book of Hebrews Hebrews says. Is our greater Moses. Jesus is standing right now proclaiming over our bondages, over our sin, all those chains that hold you, let my people go. And some of y'all need to hear that saying, let go. But here's what happens. Pharaoh's heart is hardened, so God starts sending plagues, and finally the Pharaoh said, go, after his son died. He says, he says go. And fin finally, the people of Israel Israel's hopeful expectation, the thing they've heard about for 430 years is coming true. Their hopeful expectation was a reality. So they, they, they left traveling to the place that God had for them. For, for all of us in this room, we have one of three places we find ourselves, really two, but three. One, we're, we're, we're in bondage, we're, 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 we're slaves to something. To, to the second place we may be is we're traveling. Maybe we're traveling toward what God wants for us. And maybe the third place, you're exactly planted where God wants you. The last one I'm still not sure of because we haven't made it home yet. But we're in one of, the, we're in one of those, those places. But here's the thing. They, these people of Israel, they stopped by the sea to rest. God told them to stop by the sea and rest. And this is where we're going to pick up the story today. In Exodus chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it's on the screen behind me. But Exodus chapter 14, starting in verse 5, it says this. When the word reached the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. Because oftentimes people in our world change their minds, right? What have we done? Letting all these Israelite slaves get away. Like, because they... They were making them money. They were getting their job done. Like, we, we let these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just go. How are we, we going to do the work now? Because when we have other people do our work, we become lazy. That's just a little, that's a whole other sermon. But anyways, letting those Israelites, okay, so, so Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called upon his troops. He, he took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots. That's a lot of chariots. Along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel. He had left, he, who had left with fists raised in defiance. Can you imagine? Like that'd be me. Like as I'm leaving, like this isn't very Christian-like, but I'd be like, "Yo, what about you, Egypt? You know, just kind of like that would be me. What now? We're leaving. 
They chased after him with their fists in the air. The Egyptians chased after them, all, all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses, his chariots, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught, caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore, the exact shore where Jesus to, or God told them to rest. Like, God, if you're unknowing, then how, why would you have us stop here and do this? By the shore. Near Pahir, they have the weird names back then, across from Belzephon. Okay? Here's, here's, here's the crazy thing. See, when, when we start to walk toward hope, when we turn from the direction we're headed and we're walking toward hope, the enemy starts to come after us because he doesn't want us to live in freedom. He wants us to live, he wants us to be bound in slavery. And here's what we all have to understand is that when we move toward hope, the enemy will attack. When we move toward hope, the enemy will attack. And as somebody who loves you guys, love you, loves, you, loves you dearly, it would be amiss for me to say this. If you don't feel like you're under attack, then maybe you're not on the move. Maybe you're not moving toward hope. And that's, that's crazy to think about, right? Like, why would you even say that to me, Derek? Well, maybe because you need to get up and move. But when we move toward hope, the enemy will attack. Verse 10 goes on to say, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Like, weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why, why, do you make us? why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? Like we could have stayed there. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians who they forgot who they were. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. And isn't, doesn't this sound just like us? When God just brings us out of something and, and then the enemy surrounds us to attack, we go, well, we try to convince ourselves that the bondage that we were just in is better than the current situation that we're in now. Because we forget that when, we, when, we, when the celebration of the trial that we just got out of is the new trial. We, 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 we then begin to question God, thinking, you know, maybe it wasn't so bad back there. Maybe, maybe, maybe it wouldn't be so bad if I just go back. Can we just go back to Egypt? Can, we, can I just go back to the things that, bound, that I was bound by? Nexus 14, 13, it says this, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Yeah, okay, Moses, great speech. There's like 600 chariots plus, like good chariots, and then plus those lame chariots that are following us. There's people. There's like, I mean, that's at least 600 people and plus some more. And here we are. We're trapped by the sea. They're on the other side. And you're saying, don't be afraid. Just stand still. Just stand by. Just, you want me to stand here? Like, why they're throwing fists? You want me just to stand here and take it? Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Or in Derek's version, we would say, watch the Lord of the breakthrough. Watch him come through. See, Moses is calling their attention to their soon-to-be breakthrough. 
but it's hard to stand by. It's hard just to, just to be still while the enemy is charging at us. It, go, it goes back to God's timing, right? We've said it a lot here, like, our timing is not, God's timing is not our timing, but we often ask ourselves, whose time is he on? Because if I was these people, I'm standing in this situation going, well, it'd be good if he showed up right now. Like, what about all those stories of his faithfulness that we heard about growing up? 430 years has been passed down about how great he is. This would be a perfect time for him to prove it. And you're telling me not to be afraid just to stand here. Where are you, God? Where are you? You going to show up today? Here's the thing we have to understand is we often have to feel the pressure before we can appreciate the breakthrough. Like I remember growing up and we would, we would uh, anybody else here help their grandmother can green beans? Like, do you know this? earring-wearing, tattooed boy used to break beans. I hated the process, right? Sitting out in the front yard, breaking the ends off, peeling the string off, breaking the other end, breaking them in half, putting them in this thing. And it was like, it was like an infinity amount of green beans. Like, oh, like it was like a four-day, all-week. <laughs> yeah. I was glad when I got older and I could go do other things. All right? But, and then you'd, you'd, put, you'd put them in the jar, you know, and then you'd put them in the pressure cooker because the pressure is what makes it good, keeps it good. I mean, you don't want them going bad. Seals them up, and then when you, then here comes Thanksgiving, y'all. And she would open those green beans. I mean, those are the best green beans ever. I appreciated the pressure. The struggle, right? Because you had food in your belly. We often have to feel the pressure, feel the struggle, feel the tension before we can appreciate the outcome, the breakthrough. It says this, if we go back to, if you go to 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Okay, whatever, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue today. The Egyptians, your enemy, those things you struggle with, those temptations you see today will never be seen again. What? This is, oh, I, like if I was there, I'd be like on the edge of my seat, you know, like. Like this is like one of those, you know, those motivational speeches, like you scroll through Facebook and it's like this two-minute guy giving this speech and you're like, yeah, that's cheat, that rocked my world. And then like five minutes later, you're on YouTube watching cats fly off buildings or something. This is like one of those speeches, right? The Egyptians, your enemy that you see today, you won't ever be seen again. Yeah! Okay, how are we going to do this? And verse 14 tells us, he says, The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stand by. Just stand up. Because here's the deal. We cannot manufacture our breakthrough. We can't make something happen that's, that needs to happen. How many times have we tried that, though, right? We've tried, we've, tried to, we've tried to do something or say something to get somebody going or get something, get a process going, and it just kind of like it falls straight on its face because you're trying to manufacture something that wasn't ready yet. 
We cannot manufacture our breakthrough. We listen to verse 15 here. It has to come from the Father. We can't manufacture the breakthrough. We, it has to come from the Father who wants the best for us. Exodus 14, 15, and 16 says this. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? So at some point, <laughs> so you have to read between the lines here. At some point between him giving this speech of, don't be afraid. The enemy you see today will not be seen anymore he turns around at some point and goes, oh, God, you got to help me. Right? Like sometimes as leaders, we do that. Like we stand up here and we say, I believe God's going to do something big. Oh, you got to do something big right now. He says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving, but I told them just to stand by. And you're telling me to tell them to keep moving. That's going to make me look like a bad leader. You mean like, can standing by and keep moving happen at the same time? It's a good question to ask yourself. Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And why, do you, why do you think dry ground is important? Why is it that it says it has to be dry? I, and I don't know if you've ever walked on wet ground or, or mud, but it leaves tracks, right? And if we leave tracks, we'll be able to find our way back to the thing that, that had us in bondage. So it's, it's, it was important for God to tell them and to tell us, is, listen, we've got to erase our connections with our past. If there's tracks, we're more often to follow them back to our slavery. He wants us to erase the way back to our bondage. So for some of you, you might need to unlock your phone right now and delete that contact. For some of you, you might need to move out. You, you might need to seek new employment. You may need to log on to Facebook, Insta, Tweet, and whatever those, uh, those other ones are and unfriend some of those people those connections to your past. Talk about something that's freeing. Delete that contact. Move out. Find some new employment. Find, like, go on all those things and erase connections with those things that you know is going to just be footprints for you to go back. Verse 17 says, And I will harden the... Who will harden the hearts? What? I thought you were supposed to soften hearts, Jesus. Aren't you loving and kinding? And, well, absolutely. I'm also a God of wrath. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will, they will charge in after the Israelites. Now, hold on a minute. We're trying to get away, and you're going you're gonna to make them want to chase after us more? Uh, this is a little weird. Verse 17 goes on to say, My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers, when my glory is displayed through them. All Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. And the pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. Because who's, who's behind them? So he becomes their defense. 
The clouds settled between the Egyptian and the Israelite camps. Camps As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire. Talk about the, the glory of God on display. I, look, picture yourself there. Okay? You picture yourself there. You see this fog come between you and Israel, and it lights up at night like fire. That would strike fear in me, but a good fear. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. And here's what you need to know is that God has your back when the enemy's attacking. Even though you're following his lead, he's following you when the enemy's attacking, he's also behind you. God has your back when the enemy's attacking. Exodus 14, 21 says, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up the path through the water with a strong east wind. And here's what you do I pay attention to. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Like, when I was growing up and they were doing this story on the flannel board when I was younger, I thought all this happened all at once. Like, immediately, Moses raised his hand and it split, everything was dry, and they walked across, but it took, it took all night. Why? And it's, I believe it's this, is that the season of trial may be long. It may not be instantaneous healing. But guess what? Our breakthrough has come. Our breakthrough has come. Like, can you imagine standing there that day? One side full of water, one side an army, nowhere to pass. And all of a sudden, your gateway opens. Your breakthrough happens. But here's the thing. For you as a believer, you have experienced that. See, when you were dead in your sin, Christ came and became our breakthrough on the cross. And through the, and, and through the cross and the resurrection, we, we've seen him move. Sinners to saints, death to life, breakthrough. You want a breakthrough? It's found in the cross. And all you have to do is walk into it. Repent. All repent means is, as you're walking in one direction toward bondage, you turning away and walking toward light. That's repentance. Your breakthrough has come. You're walking into your hopeful expectation. Let me show you. Exodus 14, 22. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Verse 23 says, The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots and charioteers, chased them in the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord, the Lord looked back, looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their, their forces into total confusion. Because the closer we get to where God wants us to be, the enemy loses his strength. He twists their chariots, the chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here. Away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. And I love this next part that they said because it says this. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. The Lord is fighting for them. 
right now, Christ is fighting for you. Christ is fighting for you right now. If you're a non-believer, he's, he's trying to get your attention with a guy who has tattoos and holes in his ears and a whacked up beard is telling you, I want you, I'm fighting for you, I fought for you on the cross, you are mine. Just believe. But if we're already followers in Jesus, Jesus said, I'm fighting for your mind, I'm fighting for your dreams, I'm fighting for, I'm fighting for your freedom. Quit going back, quit walking back to the things that I freed you from already and putting those chains back on yourself. Because I've already freed you from that. Just stand by. Because your breakthrough is here. Right now, as we speak, Christ is fighting for you. And all you have to do is walk toward that hopeful expectation. Verse 26, when all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your right hand over the sea again. And then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians in their chariots and charioteers. As the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the waters rushed back into, the, into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to, tried to escape the Lord, and the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israel, Israelites. Remember that promise he made, Moses made? a little bit ago the Egyptians the enemy you see today will not be seen again all of the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea not a single one survived but the people of Israel but the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides Right now, as we speak, Christ, the greater Moses, has his hand stretched out over the sea, washing away our enemy. As far as the east is from the west into the deepest blue sea, he's thrown your sins away, he's thrown, he's thrown your trials away, your temptations, and eventually, with his right hand over the sea, one day when he returns and splits that sky wide open, they will be washed away forever. That is our hopeful expectation. That's what we're looking for in this Christmas season. Yeah, we're celebrating Christ coming into the world, rescuing us. But here's the thing. We're actually celebrating the day when all he has to do is put his right hand back down because it's all gone. That's what we're looking forward to. So I don't know what you're surrounded by this morning. Maybe you're, maybe you're standing by like you finally want that breakthrough to happen. Like that first initial breakthrough where you become a follower of Jesus, that can happen this morning. Maybe you're a believer here and you're like, you know, I've been struggling with this. I've been tired. I'm like, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do with this. I don't, I don't like, I'm like I feel like, like I feel like I can't go on. And Jesus is sitting here to you, fighting for you, saying, "You're already free. You gotta let it go." These people of Israel, the people of God, were slaves for 430 years. They had the power to leave the whole time because they were children of God. God was already fighting for them. They were 
in slavery for themselves. They just needed a move from God to happen to realize that again. And maybe the move of God for you is happening right now. You just got to stand up, stand by, because of breakthrough. The seas are about to split wide open for you to walk through. Let's pray. to God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here. God, I pray that as we as we continue and we and we sing another one more song, God, I pray that I pray that we leave here celebrate celebrating. We're not going to wait for the walls to fall. We're not going to wait for the the sea to split wide open because we are, we already know that it's that's that it's here. God, we, we, um, we're going to worship you like our breakthrough happens on the other side of this. We pray all this in your name.